This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it's time for Avoid the Maze. And we have not had a segment of Avoid the Maze for the last two weeks because um, as I was avoiding the maze, uh, I tripped, I fell, I re-injured myself, um, but I'm on the mend now. I'm finally back in the studio, and uh, that's what Avoiding the Maze is about. It's about, you know, not getting stuck. You know, accepting what your limitations may be at the time, but moving forward. And my guest today, as I read his bio, has done that. His name is Ben Albert, and I met Ben through podmatch.com. Um, and I always want to emphasize that because this is one podcasting group where you can find some wonderful guests, and many of those guests hosts their own shows as well. So, um, Ben, tell us a little bit about your journey because I'm sure there are going to be other people out there that are going to resonate by it and go, oh, you mean maybe I can do this too? Yeah. And first off, Podmatch is incredible. Alex Sanfilippo, the founder, has been on my show. He's an incredible human. And your show's incredible, so I'm honored for the opportunity to be here. Well, thank I, you. I like the concept of avoiding the maze, but I also don't entirely know if I understand it specifically because I feel like I'm stuck in the maze <laughs> with a lot of the things that are out of the con you know out of control happen to me in my life. Sure. Um. So my reframe in my brain right now is even just embracing the maze. Because the short version is when COVID hit, I was furloughed for my sales executive role. We are doing video production nationwide, um, no travel, and I'm in the United States, so nationwide, no travel, no video, no fulfillment, no reason for me at the company. So didn't lose that much sleep over their decision, but was let go and was in a really dark, confused spot as to what my next move would be. I was literally, the analogy is I was literally in the maze yeah. and I didn't find my way out overnight. I didn't have a, um, a map telling me where to go, but somehow was able to replace my sales executive income in just over a year, um, really by just trying new things and leaning into the skills and the things that I had learned the prior 30 some years of my life. Um, and then I'm honored to have started a business during COVID Balbert marketing, launched a podcast, Rochester business connections, which is now real business connections, a network of six shows. And I'm here not sweating and as nervous as I used to be when I first got started. So again, humbled for the opportunity and still feel like I'm, finding new routes through the maze of life, but um, can't always control when, when you're thrown into a, a situation out of your control. Well, you know, you just identified what this podcast is about, that, you know, we're going along and then all of a sudden things stop, whether yeah. it have been the pandemic or in my case, you know, a fall two weeks ago, and you're standing there and you're going, well, what next? Yeah. Like, how do I get out of this? 
And if we sit around and wait for somebody else to give us the right direction, is it the direction for us or is it for them? And, uh, you know, when I started podcasting, I started podcasting because of that reason. I, can't, I felt stuck. Mm. What am I going to do? And I was asking people for ideas. And nobody gave me a good idea other than, oh, go get another job. And it was like, that's not the answer. And so, like you, there are hundreds and thousands and probably millions of us who either have a job or a career that we're working on. And then one day, somebody pulls a rug out from underneath us. So how did you know that you probably weren't going to go back to what you were doing and you had to start basically all over again? Did something like finally hit and say, ha ha, this is what I have to do? It's an interesting question because I didn't know. I didn't have an XYZ you know, list of things to do and a roadmap towards success. I was navigating a pandemic like all of us and in a deep place of insecurity. And when it first happened, like I was over consuming alcohol and I was over consuming Netflix and, you know, imagine two routes. Again, there's two routes in this journey. There's um, option A is um hiking and reading and let's launch a podcast and let's start writing a book and applying for jobs and option b is let's binge drink let's stay in bed today and watch netflix um everything's on grubhub now so let's not even cook let's just order food for the next month and what's funny is i i chose both options so okay. option a was everything that was making me better but then option b was everything that was making me bitter and as you can imagine i was gaining some benefit from the journaling and the hiking and the space away from work and the applying for jobs but since i was making such poor decisions with option b option a it was like again being stuck in the maze and not being able to get out because i was getting in my own way the entire time so i didn't have a clear plan or a roadmap or an initial aha moment i just over time started to lean into my skills and i had started a music podcast in 2016 so i understood the value of the platform i had done marketing for a corporate firm I had done marketing for my music show. And when I was a kid, like I didn't even know what marketing was, but I was sure. a huge music fanatic and I was handing out flyers and wearing t-shirts and running merch booths and setting up MySpace website pages ever since I was a kid. So I was kind of born to market in a weird way. And I had been reading the books, but not always implementing the business and personal growth books. So it was really just stacking all these things in my favor in one day while i was already applying for jobs um i decided let's start an llc i i didn't even realize i didn't need an llc to be a freelancer per se but i'm like let's make this official and start an llc so i register an llc that month a local charter school 
reached out to me. They had found my music podcast on Google and they said, you know, as you know, everything's gone remote. We want to offer podcasting as an elective to our students. So I was like, oh, well, I don't have a job. Why not? And what was amazing about that is I would have said no to that opportunity a million and one times. Um, I'm not a trained teacher. I podcast for fun. I work a full-time job. You expect me to be available on Tuesday and Thursdays for an hour and a half? That's not going to happen. Um, before you know it, though, I was teaching this class to high school charter students, and they actually um, had a separate program. I ended up teaching the same class to two separate groups. So one of my first, two of my first three clients were in the education space by accident. And it's really interesting. You asked the question, like how I knew I didn't know, but by setting up that LLC, by revamping my LinkedIn profile, trying to become a better person and by cutting out some of option B, the stuff that was making me bitter sure. and doing more of option A, the clarity came over time. And nowadays, like things are going great. And I have to humble myself to realize that just three years, I mean, like no middle of 2020, like things weren't going that great. So it's amazing the momentum we can get once we start getting that clarity and start taking action. You know, and it's that clarity that um, some of us like push aside. We don't want to see things so clearly because when we do that, we see some of the things that we're doing that are harming us or harming others. Um, I remember when um, I was pushed out of corporate America and I came home and I was crying my eyes out and my youngest son was 21 at the time. And he said, why are you crying? You hate the culture there. You love what you were doing, <laughs> but you hate the culture. And therefore you can't really do what you do best. And I said, but I'm losing all this money. And he goes, yeah, that is a problem. But dad and I have been losing you. And I had no concept of it because I wasn't aware. I was going into work and I knew I loved what I did. So I was eager to be there and eager to stay late. But everything around me was making me ill. So I didn't need the alcohol. I didn't need any of that. But I allowed it to happen. And so when I basically was asked to leave because you're so close to retirement age, um, I just couldn't fight it anymore. And I came home and my son says, you know, we've been podcasting for the last two years, mom. Yeah. Just do it. And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm not making any money at it. He said, figure it out. And like you, it didn't happen overnight. It took thinking. It took getting my family on board, knowing that um, my hefty paycheck was no longer 
And the one thing my husband said to me was, look at, we've been through worse. But if I lose you because you're so depressed, that's even worse than no paycheck. True. And so when I started Avoid the Maze, it was like, it's my story, but it's Ben's and everybody else's. And when we can tell it and be vulnerable, those around us, unbelievably, we're not crying on their shoulder, but they may come to us and say, hey, Ben, how would you like to teach this course? And like you said, your first reaction was, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but then you found out, hey, why not, right? So tell me what it was like then in the beginning teaching this. Like you said, you're not a teacher. And now you're teaching. How did you transition? It's funny because the most difficult part was before I even started, because there's things like a class synopsis and a final project and weekly deliverables. And um, I had never written this kind of thing before. I presume that a lot of teachers probably do it once and then use that as a template and change it per class or refurbish it or use someone else's. So it was funny because the, the intro part was, was, uh, it was the most difficult part, but honestly the most like eye opening and strategic end of things. Like what, what is the purpose of this class? And later I figured out that I went into way more detail than I needed to. And it was a moving target and with COVID and this or that, it was just like, there was no perfect plan. So even in a scenario like that, I created a perfect plan and it ended up changing over time. Um, and then it was really fun. I, again, I had not taught the class, but it was really fun to, okay, let's talk about one um, concept today. For example, active listening. And then I would easily go up and find a video on YouTube, someone who can far more concise explain the value of active listening in 10 minutes, watch the YouTube video, talk about it. And since it was podcasting and it was virtual, it was like, hey guys, now we're gonna use what we learned in our podcast today. And we would just record topics we didn't have like a general theme, but we would just record episodes on a new topic every single week and just do it by practicing. So it was interesting for me because as the year went on, I realized it wasn't a video audio production class that was impossible. We weren't in person. I couldn't teach that. Sure. Um, and it's very confusing and it, it takes some hand on help for a lot of people it almost became like a social, like a communication class, a social science class, an interview, a broadcasting class. But at the end of the day, it was just really fun to, I was learning with the students every single week. If anything, I probably learned more than anybody. You know, it's interesting that you say that because um, I started podcasting in 2012. Um, and I wasn't doing it regularly. I was, I did it for another organization. I did it with my son. Um, and I was 
the way I was doing it, I would never recommend that to anybody ever again because it was it was a mess. I mm -hmm. I was moving things from one platform to another because I didn't know what I was doing, but I did learn. Um, and I found that if I would just keep my ears open, somebody would comment on what I was doing and say, Hey, can I give you a suggestion? Mm. Prior to that time, I didn't take suggestions very well. I grew up as a, a kid who, as soon as you made a suggestion, I felt belittled, I'd cry, you know, what's wrong with me? But all of a sudden I'm realizing here I am an adult. I love these suggestions. Maybe I can do better. Yeah. Maybe I can teach somebody else along the way. And over the years, I kept thinking about, well, now that I'm doing this, and I'm getting better at it. My degree in communications really was all about coaching. So what am I doing when I really want to do some one-on-one? -on -one? And when I announced it, I cannot tell you how many people said to me, well, Karen, it's about time. And those were the things that made me be more aware. And, you know, I've had my first two clients because I opened up in April and I'll tell you, they were so diverse yeah. and yet I learned so much. So when you say that you learned along with your students, that's what this is all about. We don't have all the answers, but we can learn from each other. Couldn't so agree. you start podcasting and then you built off of that. Explain that you have a business and how did that come about? Yeah. So I had a marketing background. I worked for a firm. We did a lot of video production, but our core products were website design, search engine optimization, social media management, all the marketing staples, Google optimization and when I started my firm, I didn't really have any connections or no book of business, no relationships, non-compete. By now, I think I'm fine, but I think technically I kind of probably, I kind of probably broke the non-compete in one way or another, but that's beside the point. I had nothing to start with, right? but I knew the value of podcasting. So when I started Rochester Business Connections, it was simply because I was from Rochester, New York, and I kind of needed some business connections. And I knew the value of surrounding yourself with mentors. So everyone I spoke to was, you know, a business leader in my hometown. And it's funny because they're right down the road. We uh, traditionally could have, you know, went and got coffee, but since COVID, was, there was no getting coffee. Right. Yeah. And a lot of these people probably didn't want some random dude to, buy them a cup of coffee, $2 to pick their brain for an hour when they charge 200 an hour for a consultation. So the podcast gave me this unique ability to start networking with a lot of, you know, just go-getters and industry leaders in my hometown, which created a foundation of two main things. I mean, learning where I got to educate myself and building connections in relationships with, I mean, let's be transparent. I'm a marketer. They're a business owner. There's a possibility I can help them. Right. So 
the podcasting was a networking tool in my niche of Rochester, New York business owners. And then the way I started making money was through the web design, social media management, SEO, et cetera, et cetera. Because as you know, as we're doing right now, you build a more intimate relationship when you can sit down and get to know someone. And I wasn't cold calling people saying, Karen, you've got a really ugly website. And your website isn't ugly. This is just an example. I get it. (laughs) I was having a conversation. And then a lot of times I didn't even have to say, hey, you, they would be like, hey, Ben, I just, you know, like, I haven't updated my website in five years. I could use your help. And before you know it, people were actually reaching out to me. It was a reverse marketing whereby adding value, people actually started to come to me. And I was just little old Ben trying to figure out how to put together a contract and business was coming in. So things are going good. Well, you know, it's funny as you talk about uh, websites. So uh, my husband and I had a business together many years ago um and we were doing uh wedding photography and we came up with our own concept uh because we were using digital right from the beginning we're going to take a thousand pictures at your wedding you get to keep them all we're going to hand it over to you if you want us to print them there will be an extra charge or you can take them anywhere to print them. Mm. And we did real well with it for a long time until the two of us were just too exhausted, you know, spending 12 hours at a wedding uh, every week. Is that a normal amount of pictures? A thousand? That seems like quite the portfolio. Oh, it is. It's more than anybody would ever want to take. Okay. <laughs> but we took some that were candid. We took some that were posed. Yeah. Because this is a, a night that a bride and groom don't even remember until they look at their pictures. Um, And we were trying to market ourselves as being a little bit different. And we did a good job at it. But one day he said to me, I don't have time to create a, a, a website for us. He said, I'm gonna get you all the tools you need. And they have templates. And he said, and you've always used templates. I want you to go out and design something for us. And I did. And with his critical eagle eye from photography, he found the things that he didn't like. I learned how to fix them. And then I started just mentioning to people, if you need a website, I am not a coder. I'm going to use a template but I'm going to create it so that you can maintain it. Mm. And you're going to have a choice of what the colors are. And if we're going to pay a premium for a template. And it was like, almost like you people knocking on the door. Yeah. Do you want, how soon can you get it done? (laughs) Well, if it's really, really simple, maybe in a couple of days, but you're not going to like what it come up with in a couple of days. In mm. a couple of days, I want to give you an idea and we'll grow from it. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that when you finally decided to open up and say, I've got these skills, 
I'm just going to put them out there. How scary was that? I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, I know we're on avoid the maze, but what's in my head is just embracing the maze because it's scary when you're lost, but you have no option. I don't think I had much time to be afraid. And there's plenty in this world to be afraid of that was outside of, I mean, the riots in my city were getting out of hand. Buildings were burning. Um, I had I had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose by putting my energy and my chips on a passion of mine. So I actually don't think I was that afraid. I also was in, this is me humbling myself. I was in a scenario where the government was cutting me a stimulus check. And they, I was just reinvesting the government's money into my business. You know, a lot of people didn't do that. I'm not here to shame anyone who didn't. But I had higher risk tolerance than ever in my life because I had nothing to lose. Because if I didn't do something, I would have been in that maze forever, wouldn't I? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's the key to this show. Anybody can do it. Yeah. You know, when I started, did I really think that this was going to be full time? No, I thought I was going to create it and then maybe take it somewhere else. But I wasn't going to be stuck thinking about where is it somewhere else? Mm. How is it going to happen? Um, and even when I've gained success, I don't compare that success against anybody else. I have succeeded to get to where I am today, whether there's a dollar sign in front of it or not. And too many of us don't allow that to happen. You know, it's all about, no, I got to work so hard and bring, bring a paycheck in. Um, my husband at 73 just went back to work full time wow. and it's an hour there and an hour back. But what he loves about his job is that he's using his skills. He's with other people and he can put a little bit more food on the table, but that's at the end of the day. And my heart goes out to him because I get up with him every morning at four 30 in the morning. So he can be out the door no later than seven. And he walks in the house about six 30 in the evening, totally exhausted with a smile on his face. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's a difference there. You're doing what you love to do. And that's what I see on your face. You just love what you're doing and you're just going to keep doing it. Oh yeah. It's there's, there's days when I've looked at my QuickBooks and realized for the energy spent, <laughs> I'm not bringing in the income that I possibly could in a different role. And then when you step back from that triggered moment, you're like, I'm living my dream right now. It's worth the risk and uh, the reduction of financial reward to live a life that's just more fulfilling and fun. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're living in a city that I absolutely love. 
Oh. Um, and I have family in Saratoga Springs, New York. So usually we come through um, Rochester. Uh, yeah. Every time going and coming, we say we're going to go to the Kodak Museum, and we never have. So one of these days we will. But you mentioned that during the pandemic, there were riots, something that we didn't hear about here. Was it because of being confined in their homes and they were fighting against it or? Well, there, it was the, I, this is a route I'm not a professional on, but it's it was okay. all, it was all in reflection to social injustice. Got it. Okay. And that I get. Okay. And there, there was scenarios of, you know, black men, black men and women right, right in our city being mm -hmm. murdered. And it just like poured, poured, you know, uh, salt on the wounds for a lot of people. Absolutely. And it was, it was wild. Yeah. It was wild because people were reasonably pissed, but the anger with COVID got to a point where I feel like everybody was exactly. wrong. Yep. At yep. some point, everybody became wrong and I just wanted to hide. I didn't want to be part of that fight. Um, because I, I felt like everybody was acting poorly and it was really humbling to see how difficult things can get when we're stuck in that maze. Absolutely. Because, you know, I know I grew up in a time where um, everything was about equality and freedoms. And I really thought until recently that what I was hearing in my community was true until I did a little research on something for another show. And I realized that um, in the 60s, women for the first time were allowed to get credit cards. See, I always thought of my mother having a credit card. It was like, really? It took that long? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I remember the riots in the 60s, and I didn't quite understand it because I lived in an integrated community. And we were all friends. So, like, what's going on? And I think that's what happens to so many of us is that we walk down this path and we see only what we see. But I think we're now in an era where podcasts are helping us just say, you know what? There are a few other directions I could go in yeah. or at least observe. And I think that is really important. So tell me about your podcast. <laughs> Where do we start? Um, <laughs> the easiest way to put it is my goal is to transfer the wisdom from the people who have it to the people who need it. I place myself in that need it category a lot of the time. So I am just the, I'm with everybody in the mud learning as we go. Um, and we tackle very business related topics. It's called real business connections. There's five segments, um, technically six actually. Now I keep forgetting I'm part of a panel, yeah. um, but there's long form, there's short form, there's local to Rochester, there's international, there's a panel and there's solo episodes of me 
And it's really just talking about like, how can we be in better in business, but realistically better in life? Like all the strategies and tactics are nothing without proper implementation of them. Having a map of the maze doesn't help if you don't look at it or you burn exactly. it or you leave yep. it behind. So we do talk very much about strategies, but more than strategies, we talk about the story behind the story and the life and the mindset required to implement that strategy. So I try to be as holistic as possible and I'll be the first one to admit it's a projection of my own journey. It's me meeting someone and going, I want to learn more from you. Come on the show. Um, so it's really getting to know myself as much as creating content um, at the same time. Well, you know, I think that's why many of us podcast yeah. because this is our opportunity to share something with an audience. But at the same time, we're learning. In fact, prior to um, today's podcast, yesterday, um, I was podcasting with one of uh, the people that is on New Cleveland Radio. And she's been telling me about this organization for years. It's called Zanta. And mm -hmm. Zanta started in New York in, I think she said 1916. And she's always telling me, I have a meeting tonight with Zanta. Oh, we're having a fundraiser. She assumed I knew what it was. And so she brought on her guests talking about this organization. And it's actually a worldwide organization right now that even though it's for women, it's for women helping women. Mm. It's, um, you know, helping young girls that are getting caught in trafficking and helping them get out of there for young women and older women who are abused in their homes. And I learned all this yesterday. It was like, oh my God, I've been working with this podcaster now for five years. And now I understand what this organization is. And not only do I know now, but thousands of other people as well. Yes. And that's exciting to me. That's my success. I've yeah. learned one more thing and I've shared it with others. It's powerful. And yeah. even if it's, it doesn't have to be thousands. Even You're if right. It's three, five, 10 people that needed to hear the message and we can create a ripple that helps change their life. Yep. Our work is well spent. You are so right. So how can we find your podcast and follow you and um, gain some business insight? Yeah. So, I mean, the first step is so easy because you're already here. If you haven't clicked subscribe, if you haven't clicked five stars, leave a review if you, you know, are capable. But a lot of times just subscribe and five stars does so much to let Karen find more people organically. My podcast can be found where you found this. So just type in Real Business Connections into your player or Google it, Real Business Connections, and that's where you'll find me. And we're going to put that in the show notes. So, Makes it even easier. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then 
If you lose those show notes, you can always contact us here at New Cleveland Radio. Uh, we will send it on to you. Podcasters work with each other. It's we are. I love this community because even if we have the same theory and what we want to provide in our podcast, it's always going to come out a little bit different. And that is wonderful for the listener because they might hear my voice and say, I'm not quite getting it, but they might hear your voice and say, oh, now it resonates. I know that happens with me with podcasts. In fact, last week as I was recuperating, I think I was listening to a podcast every hour um, and some really grabbed me and others either the voice or the dialect, or maybe it was even the subject that I'm going to listen, but it's not grabbing me today. I may have to go back and listen in the future and that's okay. Come back as often as you want. And Ben, we're going to have to have you back on again. Uh, I appreciate you being here and uh, dealing with my schedule for the last couple of weeks. You're perfect. I'm, I'm happy that you're, on the mend you're recovering i'll come back whenever you'd like to have me and i just appreciate you very good have a great day and uh enjoy one of my favorite cities okay (laughs) thanks take care bye-bye now bye